Hello, and welcome back to another episode of a not-so-brief history of Disney World. I'm your host, William Tintle. As always, make sure to like, share, follow, and rate the podcast, and stay tuned as we take a look at Beastly Kingdom. This will be the first episode of a series of episodes on the Disney World that could have been. If you aren't already, make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram. You'll receive updates on upcoming episodes along with much more. Um, it is at a not-so-brief-history of WDW, and that's no caps. Again, that's at a not-so-brief-history of WDW, no caps. All right, let's get right into it. We all have come to this happy place. Welcome. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky to the Magic Kingdom. Disneyland, and the New York World's Fair. Tomorrow, a project so vast, it has already been called a whole new Disney world. ever walked into Animal Kingdom and wondered what the dragon head was doing with the elephant and other animals at the entrance? Well, when Animal Kingdom opened in 1998, there was a proposed land that was missing. This was Beastly Kingdom. When Animal Kingdom opened, it aimed to represent three types of animals. Those animals who are currently among us, those who previously walked the earth and are now extinct, and those who never existed. With the exception of Expedition Everest, the latter wasn't very well represented. The area previously occupied by Camp Minnie Mickey and now Pandora, the world of Avatar, there was supposed to be a land of mythical creatures. The proposed land would have been split into two areas, a good realm and an evil realm. Each of these realms would be home to a distinct weenie. A weenie, which we talked about in our previous episode, is a sort of landmark like Cinderella Castle or Spaceship Earth. The Good Realm would have an attraction called Quest of the Unicorn, in which the guests would journey through a mythological maze leading to the grotto where the unicorn lived, and a boat ride inspired by Fantasia that would take you on a musical journey through the animal scenes of the classic Disney film. The Evil Realm would have featured Dragon Tower, which would be an old castle in ruins home to a fire-breathing dragon. The attraction would also involve a group of bats threatening to take the dragon's throne and riches. The bats would enlist the guests' help and take them on a wild roller coaster ride. The climax of that ride would feature the dragon leading the riders to be nearly scorched. There would also be smaller themed areas within each land, like a sea creature themed area. As mentioned before, there are still remnants of the area in Animal Kingdom. In the parking lot, there's an area labeled Unicorn, with a unicorn uh, emblem on it. The Animal Kingdom logo still features a silhouette of a dragon. And at the entrance, there's a detailed dragon's head atop one of the ticket booths, and along with that, an elephant and I believe a rhino. One of the largest remnants were features built for the now-closed Discovery Riverboats attractions. The Discovery Riverboats attraction was intended as a teaser for Beastly Kingdom. After passing a dragon-shaped rock formation, 
with water pouring through its teeth, a feature that still does remain in place, the boats would pass a cave littered with the remains of fallen knights. The fiery breath of a dragon would emerge from the cave to menace passing guests. While Beastly Kingdom was loved and very accepted by Disney executives, the budget just simply didn't allow for the land. Then-CEO Michael Eisner had to choose between Dino Land and Beastly Kingdom. Obviously, he chose Dino Land, and at the time, he did have the dinosaur movie in the works at Disney, which he was a very big part of, obviously, as CEO. So, he leaned towards the Dino, Dino Land and the uh, rides in that area to go along with the movie. And, although we never saw the land come to fruition, there still remains mythical creatures in the park. Expedition Everest, for instance is home to the Disco Yeti, or, you know, the Yeti. And Pandora, the world of Avatar, brings us to another planet and lets us fly amongst other species. If Beastly Kingdom did open, we might not have been treated to the wonder of Pandora, or the great ride that is Dinosaur. Who knows? Maybe Animal Kingdom wouldn't have endured the struggles that it had in its early days. Looking at the concept art, it really seemed that it would transport the guests, like it said, to another realm. Similar to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal Studios, there'd be a very magical feel. The attractions had promise and they weren't stuffed with IPs. It really would have sent Animal Kingdom in a, in a different direction. We still haven't seen any unicorns or dragons at Disney World, and now it seems so different from what we would usually see at Walt Disney World. I think Animal Kingdom really definitely would have moved up on my list of parks within Walt Disney World, well, and really seemed that it had its makings to even be its own park at Walt Disney World. I think it'd be very cool to see one of these attractions, like the Fantasia-themed boat ride at, say, Magic Kingdom. That'll probably never happen. And Beastly Kingdom will always remain part of the Disney World that could have been. Alright, that's it for today's episode. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram. The handle is at a not so brief history of WDW, no caps. Again, that's at a not so brief history of WDW, no caps. Also, make sure to like, share, follow, and subscribe. And next week, we'll continue our series on the Disney World that could have been. Like I did last week, I'll tease the podcast on Instagram, so make sure you're following. As always, have a zippity doo da day. Wonderful feeling, wonderful